Hello, welcome to the first musical episode of the POV podcast. I'm with Ben from Wax and Bean. Surely this is the second. Yes. Well, first one where we talk about music. <laughs> I'm also here with Will, and we're going to be talking about Green Day and their new album today. Yeah. So, how is, is everyone this morning? Really good, thanks, guys. Ah, good. So, the new album, Father of All, came out yesterday. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, I think... I've given it a three lessons since it, uh, I got it yesterday. So, I think I had my initial all the way. Like listened through with you yesterday, didn't I? On the on the vinyl player, as as God herself intended. <laughs> but so, uh, so, what was your overall thoughts of the album? Uh, lucky for you, I've got them written down. <laughs> I came prepared. Um, I think it's it's decent in my opinion, but it kind of it blows by you quite quickly. So you can't. After the first listen, I couldn't remember a lot of specifics about individual tracks. But I feel like that might improve with multiple listens. But I also think, all things considered, it does sound like they were going against what people expected them to do after Revelation Revolution Radio. Um, One thing with Green Day, since American Idiot, I think they've been backed into a political corner, so people expect them to release a political album every time there's new music. Dare I say, people always expect them to release magnum opuses. But yeah, and um, so this one was quite nice for a leave your brain at the door sort of album where you could just sit and listen to it and have fun. Cause it's, yeah. a, it's an album I'd put on a, if I was to have like a house party or something. Yeah, it would be a suitable soundtrack, and you could picture it being in like uh, films yeah. like uh, American Pie and Superbad. Mm. I don't know. I part of me agrees with what our dad said though, like that it's it's definitely a stick it to the label album because this is isn't it like is it a minute over what the minimum requirement for an album like this yeah it's 26 minutes i think and it's it is, yeah. minimum yeah. requirement yeah. for an album is 24. And it's the final album with the label isn't it yeah so. and there's, there was a theory that they're doing this because they they hate what warner brothers who they're on the label with yeah but uh, I, mean, I think and to release something which is quite unmarketable i think with the album title you can't really give it radio play with that sort of name and they won't be able to sell it as much, but... Uh, I mean, they weren't exactly trying with the album artwork either, were they? No, and it's just like... It's American Idiot with a unicorn. It is, and it's bright, yeah. yeah. That's a, as a shop owner, as a record store owner, that was a dilemma, just digressing yeah. slightly with the title of the album. We're having a look at what other retailers are putting on the website with regards the name of the album. Um, mm. And it's father of all dot dot dot. Yeah. And we decided to go full title. I think with the album title, though, while other companies would struggle to sell it, it would get a good people. It would grab people's attention. Yeah. You don't get many album titles with uh, as crass a word on the title as that, and certainly. some people would see it as one of the more certainly grabs your attention, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I then, so you've, you've got so you've got MF, which we'll yeah. abbreviate shut just for the purposes of the podcast, and then you've got um, a mystical character that all six-year-olds love just sat on top of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you just kind of if someone was to go out with the child, they'd see a unicorn <laughs> and like, hey, there's this band that you used to listen to. <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, even though the album title is pretty explicit, I think the track listing only has two explicit songs on it. So it's not even like the most um, child-unfriendly Green Day album they've ever released. I think American Idiot's got more explicit stuff on it than this album. Yeah, and... Uh, so going back to the album itself, one issue I've had with this album, because I liked it overall, with Green Day, there's always that one song on every album where it's that massive and kind of euphoric, and it kind of gives you goosebumps seeing it. When you see it perform live, it's really good, but there wasn't that song on this one, because American Idiot had a 
Jesus of Suburbia, and nine minute rock opera song, and then the last album, Revolution Radio, there was a song called Forever Now, just done in three parts, like um, uh, Jesus of Suburbia. Yeah. And it had those moments where it was just like, absolutely massive, and that uh, particular Green Day stadium sound. So I think that's what this album was lacking. Yeah, there's no song designed to be the main set closer, is there? No. On this album, I think. It's okay. it's a bunch of kind of party rock songs as a, a bit of a middle finger to a, to a label that maybe they've soured on over the years that keeps demanding things from them that they don't want. Yeah, because in the last few years they've released a, a demo album and a, <laughs> another greatest hit compilation because there was one released in the early 2000s, which is International Super Hit. So I particularly... Didn't see the need for another Greatest Hits one, but when you read the stuff they've said about the record label, it makes sense that they try and get as many mm-hmm. sort of like four albums out as possible yeah. to get out of this record deal. Because I think they're going indie now. Yeah. So it'll I mean, be interesting to see Green Day that aren't tied down to that's, what a big fat cat producer would want. It's, uh, it's the way forward with a lot of artists that now, isn't it? A lot of yeah, because Arctic Monkeys did it a few yeah. years ago. They went back to their old record Domino, I think. Did they ever leave Domino? No, I was not 100% sure. I remember doing my media A-level yeah. and it was looking at how Arctic Monkeys had marketed themselves. I, I, think, I think they've always been with Domino. I think the distribution's been different. That was that, all. That'll be what I'm going to but, um, but yeah, overall, the album, the new Green album, I enjoyed it a lot, but there, yeah. there was a theory when it came out that there was a secret album also being yeah. made okay. called Magnum Opus of the Inglorious Kind and there was like album art, there was song leaps of it and it's turned out recently that... Uh, it was a band in America, just called Panic Land. They aren't very well known. They just think, let's just try and get as much publicity from this as they can. And the lead singer does an almost identical impression to Billy Joe Armstrong. So people were hearing this and thinking, this is going to be what comes after Father of All. And this other band was like, no, we've just recorded songs as Green Day to get a bit of publicity. Mm-hmm. I do I do find the coincidence pretty startling with that, though. Because this is called Father of All Motherfuckers, isn't it? And then you've got Magnum Opus of the Inglorious Kind, which is kind of like a synonym title for for that. And I, I was convinced for a while that they were like that it was by Green Day, and that it was like a hidden album that they were going to put out. And then I got that little video in my YouTube recommended, being like, "We made a fake Green Day album, and the fans believed it." I was like, "Ah, okay, I got I got goosed." So as a record as a record shop owner. Um... Are Green Day like popular among like releases or is this like the first big Green Day release you've had? No, very popular, very popular. So we've got a we've got um, a couple of their classic albums. Uh, Insomnia always, Insomniac always sells. Uh, Dookie always sells. Um, we've got a lot of their stuff because it's catalogue stuff and mass produced in our fifteen ninety nine bin, and yeah, it sort it flies out. All the time. Yeah, last time I was here, there was uh, a couple of lads in who I spent about an hour or so talking to, and they bought a few Green Day albums. Yeah. They, they must have been 10 years younger than I am. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see that Green Day still have that sort of sway amongst younger audiences, because mm-hmm. I've, I've been out in the past, and nearly 26 now, and a few years ago I was wearing a Green Day t shirt yeah. out in public, and this kid went, Mummy, look, there's that old band that you listen to. And right. I was like, they're not old. Yeah. They're not old. Yeah. And, you and remember I was like, I remember that they've been around since yeah. 1989. I was like, oh, God, they yeah. are old. But it's <laughs> earlier than that. It's like 1985, I think. But, and do you know what? We've got a lot of uh, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds that come in here that are high school and early college kids. Mm. Um, and they're really politically aware. So it's interesting to know whether they are into Green Day because yeah. of that. Because... You know, it's interesting because yeah. I've never been hugely into politics, 
how to get kids coming in, mm. talking to me about politics and general election that's just happened. And yeah. obviously you guys have just spoke about previous albums being quite political, um, quite cutting edge for its time. Mm. You know, are they picking it up because of that as well? And the yeah, to me, that yeah. Old stuff? Green Day was my introduction to politics. As, I say, as an 11 yeah. year old, you don't really pay attention to what the actual means of the songs are on American Idiot. An album I pinned from my sister's room and I wasn't allowed to listen to it. So I like, sneakily listened to it on some rubbish little portable CD player that I had. Back in like 2006. And, but it's like, as they've grown older and become more aware of like politics going on around the world, it's like Green Day have been like, my introduction to politics. And same goes to like, other bands like Enter Shikari and like, Muse and, to an extent as well. So they've definitely set me on a road of a particular kind of politics. So I'm, I'm quite grateful for them in that aspect. Yeah, it was Green Day were entry level politics for me as well. But at like age six, when I was listening to it with you, that's the Green. They've always been one of my favourite bands, and it's just I will always, even when the albums aren't great, I'll I'll always like kind of jump to defend them. Because it was the a few years ago they released a trilogy of albums. And yeah. it was, me and you had differing opinions. I initially on that, liked it, and then as the years have gone on, it just sort of it, it wasn't great. But this album. Father of All feels like what they actually wanted to do with uh, the trilogy that they did, but on less uh, prescription drug <laughs> I mean, the, the, issue, the main issue I have with the trilogy isn't even that the quality of the songwriting is that bad, it's just that there's too much of it. Yeah, so whereas on this album, and ironically, there's too less of it. it. It's like the trilogy is a few good ideas that is just spread far too thin across too much music, whereas this is like. Some of those good ideas over a much shorter span, although I ironically wish that this was a little bit longer. Maybe more like 35 minutes instead of 25. Yeah, I wish there had been two or three more songs on it. Just because I remember when we finished it last night, I was like, I just want more from them now. And I really wish that fake album was coming out later this year now. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like 26 minutes after waiting four years for a new album. It feels a little bit like... It feels like you've been cheated a little bit. Cause yeah, it's cause basic, I, I, I jumped like, on yeah. the pre-order and got like the special yeah. edition, the uncensored version. And that was before they'd announced the whole album. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, I ordered it and I was like, oh, I've spent £30 on a 26-minute album, so I'm paying more than what I've actually got. But Like I said, I'm a sucker for Green Day. They're my favourite band of all time. So And we dropped like... Yeah. Nearly a couple hundred quid on the Hell and Mega Tour tickets, didn't we? Yeah, going yeah. Well, based on your previous comments about them, like just pushing, perhaps pushing this album out because it's the last one on Warner, will they tour it? You know, because they obviously they wouldn't put this music out if they didn't think it was decent. Even yeah. if it is a protest against the label or a protest against someone, it's still Green Day, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what I've always liked about them is that they will always they are very much themselves and they don't strike me as a band that would let them get pushed around. Because on the last album they recorded. They didn't tell Warner Brothers they'd recorded it. They went and recorded it in Billy Joe Armstrong's homemade studio. Then they were like, this is what we've got, and now this is what we're releasing. Yeah, so yeah. I, I do think they are a band with like, a huge like sway on the label, but I do think they are sort of tethered down by what the label wants them to do, rather than what they want to do. They produced and, Rev Rad themselves, didn't they? Yeah, like, and that's the case with a lot a of bands. Because yeah. years ago, 30 Seconds to Mars were making This Is War, and they had a huge... Uh, spat with their record label, yeah. and their record label wanted them to have done five albums in three years, but they've done three albums in five years or something like that. But it's, yeah, it just made me really dislike record labels when you see like them documented. I think they they got a bit of a chokehold on the music industry. You can see why bands these days are just moving towards a more independent model. I think it's like I'm 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 a, I'm in a band myself, and I've I've got 
no real interest in joining a record label anytime soon. It's like, depends what they could offer, but for the most part, and, and I have been approached by record labels in the past, and like, some of the deals they try and offer you these days, like, it's ridiculous. It's like, especially kind of like, maybe like fledgling labels that are trying to get a few artists signed. It's like, oh, you're going to print any CDs? No, not really. <laughs> What's the point of being a record label then? So growing up into music, I've Green Day just always been around. Yeah, um, I was more of an indie kid growing up, so and they don't really hit that typical British indie kid genre music, do they? So I've always been aware of their music, and they always played a lot of the big hits when I was younger and when I was DJing. Um, but to sit down and listen to, not really something I've ever done. Yeah, they're one of those I bands do that know a lot of their music. I think that's the case with everyone. I think growing up, like Green Day, like that at the time when you're like 15 years old, they're like that rebellious sort of group that you think is really it's cool to listen to, and I, I still do. And, uh, they're a band that I think everyone's grown up with, much like because I'm very much into American music. It's what I've been brought up on, so I've listened to. I've sort of had my sister's music taste sort of drip fed to me. She was into like. Fallout Boy, My Chemical Romance, Blink 182. So it's like within our family, that sort of musical taste has been passed down from my sister to me to my brother, and I've just dragged my brother along to every like gig to do with all these bands. So I think it's quite fun that way. And then when you see when you kind of go to college and you get you blending with those groups who have also like that, and it's like you don't tend to realise how big a community those fans actually have. Because yeah. at school, it's quite I thought school was horrible for that kind of stuff, and then. Yeah, college yeah. was more like everyone liked him. I got called a mosher a lot at school just for listening to Green Day. Yeah. It was like, if you think this is moshy, you should hear some of the other stuff I listen to. But no, it, it, I've always, that's one of the aspects I've always liked them because they've always been a bit outcasty Green Day. They've got yeah. a bit from like snotty teenagers to like these, <laughs> this global phenomenon, haven't they? Angry, jaded adults. Yeah. And yeah, it, I don't think there'll ever be a point where I go off them. No. But right. I, I, I can see why people wouldn't like them. I tend to find the things that you jump on in your formative years tend to stick with you regardless of how much the quality waxes and wanes with time. So it's like, I don't think Green Day are the spring chicken they were at one point. No, they're definitely not the songwriter. Like, I think the last great songs they wrote were on American Idiot. Maybe at a pinch 21st century breakdown. But um, they, it's just like if you speak to anyone, like you Ben, I guess you can name five Green Day songs. Yeah, if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's the, the band, like I said, the band that everyone knows. Mm. Oh, for sure, yeah. But, uh, at a certain level, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's like, I've been on like club nights out at uni and like a Green Day song come on. It's mostly been Basket Case. Yeah. That everyone has sung along to it. Yeah. Everyone, everyone closes their nose and starts singing in a really nasal affectation. <laughs> but I just like how they've, they've actually changed over the years, Green Day. Cause, uh, like, like I said, I've enjoyed Blink-182 a lot as well, and they're quite similar to an aspect, but Blink-182 have always just stayed as that sort of adolescent 20-year-old singing about that time he was dumped by his girlfriend, and yeah. Green Day have sort of evolved above that now. Has Green Day ever really written songs about being dumped by your girlfriend? No, but in the 90s, a lot yeah. of that sort of pop-punk scene, I think, was quite similar uh, topics with the songs, so like Blink-182 yeah. and Green Day were huge back then. But I think Green Day, what makes them bigger than Blink-182 is the fact that they've actually evolved their songwriting, yeah. whereas Blink-182 now just well, still Blink-182 the same old subjects. They're interesting because they evolved the sound once and it came came up with the most interesting album. And then they just sort of 
regressed again after the fact. And I never really understood why. Yeah, um, I think that's all I have to say on the new album. Yeah, yeah. It's good fun. It's not the best Green Day album that's ever been out, but it's def it's no it's by not by any means the worst album. Nah. That I'm, one, I'm looking forward to seeing a few songs live when we go and see them. That one goes to DOS. But, but um, so anyway, do you want to give a plug to your record shop? Oh yeah, no, well thanks very much for coming down to Wax and Beans, you guys are familiar faces. Um, we'll be giving this album a little bit of a spin over the next couple of weeks as it's a new release and it is relevant to the kids around here because we will sell a few copies. Um, yeah, Wax and Beans, local record store, independent record store and coffee shop um, in our hometown of Bury. Loads of support, we've only been around for seven months, um, it's been fantastic. The sun's shining, I'm expecting a busy day today. It's cool. Oh, We're always getting a lot of new faces just, through this. This is a place I've always been and I've never left without getting anything. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna end up buying something <laughs> today. I remember you you being like, Do you wanna go to that new vinyl shop in Bury? And I didn't even know it had opened, but now it's like I don't really want to buy vinyl from anywhere else. Yeah, it's just because if I wanted to buy vinyl you'd have to go to HMV where it's or buy astonishingly it. expensive. Or I bought an album here last week, the new Slipknot album. Okay, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. I think it cost me about twenty-seven, twenty-eight pounds, and then I went into HMV to see how much it was, and it was forty-eight. Really? And it well, was the, it wasn't the special edition album, like yeah. the, the red vinyl. It was the yeah. standard one that I've got. And the guy, the guys over there are really nice. Uh, oh yeah, they're great some people, aren't they? But they've got their hands tied with regards yeah. to the corporate. You know, uh, they don't, um, they don't. They don't order their own stock on vinyl because we have had conversations with with yeah. Steve over there as well. Uh, he just gets his stuff sent in. They stick it in the racks and they do the best they can. Yeah, uh, that's it's part of that big corporate machine, isn't it? But you're right, yeah. Um, and that's that's for sure. That's one of the reasons why we've got so much support here at Wax and Beans. Is you know the the, the, the prices um, the prices are more more relevant than uh, than the high street. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it gets people actually buying music as well, which I really, I got a, my first vinyl a few years ago. My granddad just gave us a, his old vinyl player, and I was like, I'm not letting this go to waste. I, bought, I went out and bought one, I think it was the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Yeah, fab, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Cardinal said that was from HMV. <laughs> <laughs> and my brother bought his. You have to support the underdogs. I, I bought my. Yeah, you got yours from a vinyl exchange in Manchester, so I was there yeah, with my HMV bag. It was, it was The Works by Queen, was my first vinyl. It was like a pre-owned, like proper one from the 80s, I was well chuffed. I just well, I'm a little bit older than you guys, and um, if you ask, if you ask me, I'll tell you. But I'm not going to willingly volunteer my first purchase, <laughs> which no, was many, many years we, ago. We won't, we won't, uh, we won't, sh we won't name and shame them. Save that for podcast number three or four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully this will be the first of the many with you guys. No, you're welcome down any time. You know, we can we can spin the music, we can talk about music, we're surrounded by music, we can have a coffee yeah, while we chat. And you do live events as well. We do, yeah, yeah, lots of live events. Um, we're mainly supporting local talent at the moment. Mm. We put the feelers out to try and get some uh, more nationally well-known, renowned names. Um, my favourite band on the indie scene are the Charlatans. Oh, so yeah, we'll see what we can do there. Um, well, you have to let us know times. that. We'd love to get them on the on the podcast. That'd be really yeah, cool. yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. Because uh, you know, people seem to connect really well with bands that connect with their fans. Yeah. For me, the Charlatans are one of their one of those one of those bands. You know, very approachable, like the fans. 
um, push out good music all the time. Yeah. Uh, nice merch. Just just all round nice guys as well, you know. Yeah, I, I love it when bands are like that. If you look on Twitter, follow Reverend and the Makers. I yeah. don't really listen to them, but they're always just replying to yeah, all the fans. John, John, John's nuts. He, yeah, he interacts quite well, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's amusing. Yeah. And we've done an, we've done an interview with Frank Turner. Fantastic. Uh, our first episode of this and. Uh, well, I just emailed him, just said, can we do a, can we do an interview, we're going to start a podcast and we want to get some guests on, and uh, he, he just said yeah, he like, put me in touch with his media team, and we sat with him for about an hour, and it was yeah. just really cool to talk Brilliant. about his latest album, and it was, it was quite fun because uh, obviously we didn't want to ask him all the questions he'd been asked all year about, so it just kind of, because his new album that came out last year was about historical women, so like, if you talk about history, and it really perked up when we started doing it, and when I've seen him live and met him after shows, He's talked to every single person who's stayed to wait for him, and I really respect that about him because he doesn't have to do that at all. Absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's because he's not exactly playing tiny venues these days, is he? He can, he can sell out like Alexandra Palace, no problem. So it's like, speaks a lot to someone who'll stick around and talk to like that many fans after a show. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember when we I saw him for the first time in 2013, and the he stayed out after the show at the Manchester Academy, and there was easily about what 60, 70 people who waited for him, yeah. and he talked to all of them. I think we were there about 40 minutes, weren't we? Yeah, wait, wait, no, I, I really like them. it when bands do that. And recently, Bowling for Soup have announced they're doing a meet up at the the Salisbury Pub in Manchester, which is next to uh, Oxford Road train station. It's like, yeah, we're going to be there. Yeah, it's going to be free. We're selling merch and stuff like that that we're not selling at our shows. And, I think it's really cool when bands do stuff like that to connect with the fans and you get other bands that charge to uh, meet and stuff like that. And it's yeah, just... yeah, well, for me, from our point of view at Wax and Beans here, big shout out to Turing Breaks because they were playing the Met in Bury a couple of weeks ago, which was a fantastic, fantastic venue um, for Independent Venue Week. And they came down and did a bit of a signing session for us here. Because oh, um, that was really good to help us build our brand. It was just a chilled out coffee hang, and they were great guys. Yeah, I mean it works. That works, doesn't it? Because yeah. it gets people like we're doing now. We're talking about all these bands that are great with the fans. Yeah, fantastic exposure for them because the fans love them. Yeah, I mean I've never met Green Day, but you definitely get your money's worth when you go and see them. Because mm. I mean, unless they, they just play this album on tour, twenty six point yeah. one minutes long. I hope <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> every time I've seen them, yeah. they played at least three hours. Brilliant. So it's just kind of like. When you spend, I know like, his gigs are expensive these days, but when you're paying 60, 70 quid and you get a three hour show, then you've definitely got your money's yeah. worth. I mean, I've done it with Bruce Springsteen, paid nearly 90 for that. That's the most I've ever spent at a gig. And he played, yeah. no support. He came on at seven o'clock, left at half ten. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, it's value like, for money, isn't it? Especially if um, you put your phone away and you actually watch and listen. Yeah, with um, me now, I used to film all the songs and stuff like that, and that was when I was about 15. And now it's just kind of, I get one picture at the start. Yeah. Just to that's it, that's all you need, because let's be honest, do you ever go back to watching all these videos that you've been a filmed? few. There was really? a few years ago, I got, um, went to see the Gaslight Anthem in Manchester. Like a t-shirt, by yeah. the way. Yeah, the thank you. Yeah, I just realised, yeah. yeah. And they were, they were playing this album, the 59 Sound, all the way through. So that's probably my, one of my favourite albums of all time. Right. And when they, it was just, when they did the 59 yeah. Sound, I was like, I'm just going to get yeah, just, this one bit now, just because it's... And like, I've been walking around and stuff listening to my music and I was like, you know, I'm just going to listen to that one video clip I got of the chorus. It sounds yeah. awful, but it's just like I a nice the, little moment from when I was there. Mm. So. I've got the same clip on my phone as well, which I, I go back and watch every now and then. But yeah, anyway, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Yeah, yeah, I don't want don't to keep you for too long. Thanks so. guys, thanks for your time. Cheers for coming down. You're very yeah, welcome. Thanks, thanks for, for taking your own time to do this. And we'll be back with a, we'll have a look what other albums are coming out and we can give them a listen and have a chat with them. Fab, thanks very much, man. Cheers.